and welcome back to episode 11 of the Entry Level Podcast. I'm Sarah Dudley, and I'm here with my co-host, Lindsay Bernard. On this podcast, we talk about all things entry level, whether it's navigating the first decade of your career or simply trying new things, because we believe if we're always learning and growing as people, then we will always be entry level at something. So today's topic is about the benefits and the experience around studying abroad. So ask almost anyone, and they are going to say they love to travel or they wish they could travel more. But what about actually going somewhere new to another country, to another place entirely, makes it so alluring to us? And do the benefits of seeing the world or even just going to another state for some people have impacts beyond simply a vacation mindset? So Lindsay and I are going to specifically talk today about our study abroad experiences, including what interested us in wanting to go in the first place. We both come from small towns, big choice to go and study abroad at another country, you know, how we made it possible, the experience as a whole, and then what it really felt like coming back, because I think people underestimate what that feels like. So Lindsay, (laughs) let's kick it off. Talk a little bit about (laughs) your kind of introduction to this concept of studying abroad, like how our college kind of handled yeah. process, your, your thoughts around it. Absolutely. And, and just a little background. We wanted to start with study abroad because I I can speak for myself and, and probably Sarah a little bit. I did not travel a lot growing up. I think I had been to Florida and the West Coast maybe one time. And so the when I went to St. Mike's, one of the when they were selling me on St. Mike's and I'm going through all the things, a huge, a huge selling point for them is their study abroad program. And I felt like the friends I made or in Sarah, a group of friends, a everyone wanted to go. Everyone was talking about study abroad from freshman year and sophomore year, like, we're definitely doing yeah. this. And I was like, yeah, but in my head, I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, There's yeah. no way I'm leaving. There's no way I'm leaving for a semester. And so I'll share with you some of my initial fears, because I think that the fears that even I had, I, I think a lot of people probably still have um, when thinking about traveling and, and things like that. But first thing for me was flying. I was terrified, petrified of flying. So that was one of the things I thought about. And I was not a good traveler because I didn't do it. It really stressed me out, the thought of it, the packing, the, I, I don't <laughs> think I had a suitcase. I just, I just, the anxiety of having to pack and all of the travel aspects freaked me out. Also, I played a sport in college and it, you know, they, said they supported you if you wanted to go abroad but it was also very it was looked down upon and the my teammates that were in my in my grade none of them wanted to go and so i felt like i was kind of letting everyone down by going cuz i was the only one and so that did play a little bit of a factor that i didn't want to miss half of the year but you can kind of relate that to traveling now you are afraid to miss work you're afraid to miss weddings you're afraid to miss whatever so that was definitely a fear the other thing was my major at the time i was an accounting major, but I was also working towards a business major. And if I was going to go abroad, I lost, they basically said I would have to take a summer school class in order to be a double major, which, you know, I'll talk about it a little later in the podcast, but absolutely thinking about how it affects your classes and your schedules and what your ultimate goals are in college. So I had to kind of navigate my major and what I wanted to do. And then the last thing that really gave me the most anxiety 
when I first was leaning or considering doing studying abroad was um, I got financial aid, some financial aid from St. Mike's, and I was worried about the cost. I was I didn't understand the payment, if I had to pay for the study abroad or if it came out of tuition. There were a lot of questions I had just about the money factor. And I think I, and even then you're 18, 19 years old, you're not necessarily, I, I was not necessarily the understood how the process worked with all of that. So I think those starting there, just my initial reactions to studying abroad and traveling, like those were kind of my fears. I don't know. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, no, I feel like we're 100% on the same page. Like all the things that you just said, I was like, yep, check, check, check. I had probably been on a plane once, maybe twice before that and never outside of the US. Like the only time I'd ever been out of the country was to go to Canada. And I literally grew up on the border of Canada. So this was not like an extravagant thing to go (laughs) to Canada. So I had never been out of the country. Totally. (laughs) When we went to St. Mike's, it was the same idea. Like everyone talked about studying abroad. It was a really, really popular thing to do. And they really helped enable you to be able to do it. So it almost seemed like a given that that's what you did your junior year. But I was the same way. I was like, I don't, it was like, it sounds incredible because I'd always had this desire to see new places and go and do things and be adventurous. But the idea of actually going and living in another country across the world for six months, five months was just absolutely outrageous to me. (laughs) And so I think it was always one of those things like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll apply for it. We'll see what happens. But I don't think I ever actually thought I would end up going same as you didn't own a suitcase like (laughs) didn't own a suitcase you know growing up as a kid our vacations were going camping at like the local state park nothing wrong with it but it wasn't like you needed a suitcase (laughs) so so I I totally felt you on that and also same with costs like there there were just a lot of things when I was thinking about going at the time that I just didn't think I'd ever be able to swing or be able to really do and so You know, those are definitely the, the, I think, probably similar things that a lot of people think about unless they grow up in a situation where traveling the world is very common for them and their family. I think it's something that a lot of people probably have to weigh the pros and cons around. And also the the educational piece of it, I was really big on keeping my grades up. And so I wanted to make sure if I studied abroad that that wasn't going to. Yeah somehow interfere with that because I, I didn't have sports. All I had was, was my grades. So I needed to keep those. Well, that's funny too. So that's something that we can kind of going through moving past the initial fears, like thinking now getting down into the process of actually like figuring things out. One thing that was very interesting based on where you go to school and based on their requirements, you were either you could, our school was pass fail, meaning if you got past a 50, I believe it was, if you were already past a 50, you had passed for the quarter or you had passed for that semester. And so from my perspective, I was like, oh yeah, I I don't want to do, I want to try to do like classes that I don't want to take at St. Mike's pass fail abroad, you know? (laughs) So there's like things to think about, but, but in hindsight, each school is different. My best friends, which I'll talk about them later, they went to a, they went to Bentley, they went to a different school, and they were not pass fail. They also went as seniors and had to take very hard finance classes abroad, which were very challenging in that setting. So, just advice, I would always think about the your, what you're doing in your major before you go. Like we were saying, like think about how you're going to be graded. I ended up being able to take, ended up being able to take my history credits and some of my more the the liberal arts credits that we have to take. I was able to kind of take those type of credits and it really worked out for me. But I would, I would definitely highly recommend making sure you have a plan 
for your classes and what you want to do because you don't want to get into a situation where you're taking microeconomics abroad. <laughs> oh, 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 really? That's oh, not sorry. a smart thing to do because that's literally exactly what I did. Oh, that's what you did. Okay. So <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's okay because somehow I my friends were smart and chose to go to schools that uh, they, could have, they could have a happy work-life balance. <laughs> I somehow ended up at the Harvard of Australia by default and I was taking economics while I was there and it was absolute torture. My friends were at the beach and I was in class. But uh, it were, all you know, it all worked out. Were you were <laughs> so. you pass fail though? Or were you were still um, pass fail yeah. at the St. Mike's, right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I didn't was, know that. <laughs> I did But not. still I had to work just to pass. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a guarantee where I was. We so. took, I took Australian pop culture, which was you watch T V show you remember if anyone remembers that show Summer Heights High. I wrote yes. my I wrote my final paper on Summer Heights High. So if that if that puts you if that gives you any indication about the type of classes I took while I was there, that's a good example. But so Sarah, this is actually funny. And I, I when I talk to people about wanting to study abroad or do even work trips to go abroad and they're like, Oh, where should I go? And I can apply for this and that. I didn't have a good, so when I was picking where I wanted to go, our study, I will give our study abroad coordinator some credit because she did play to you a little bit. Like she was kind of like, oh, well, you're like, you know, if you, you're an accounting business major, like you could go and do an internship in London or you should look here because of like their economy and like you can learn more things. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, no, I think I want to go to Australia because Australia is kind of a bigger place. But, you know, there's so many, my point is there's so many options and reasons to pick and choose where you do study, whether you're doing it study abroad or you're doing it through a work service trip. And, And Sarah, we'll talk about one of those later. But for me, like I picked Australia because I, it was the furthest away. My friends were going and they were, we all went to different schools in Australia, but I still kind of was like, I heard such good things and some of their older sisters had gone. And also I thought, I'm like, I feel like I'll get to Europe at some point in my, you know, I feel like Europe's more accessible to get to. And I don't know if I'll ever go as far as Australia. So that was really my thinking for, for why I chose it. But Sarah, I'll let you uh, jump in here. Yeah, I think to me, it just, it was a couple of things. It, it was, like you said, so far away. And it's like this exotic land, right? Everybody talks about Australia, like it's the land down under. Yeah. It's just like fun. It's, you're going to get a new experience, but you're also, you know, there's not a language barrier. So it's almost like for someone who's never been, it felt to me like if I had to go to another country and just learn a new language and, and everything all at once for the first time ever in another country, it just felt like so overwhelming oh, to yeah. me Same. that I needed something a little more in between. And Australia was definitely that. It was something I could get super excited about. I actually, I wanted to be somewhere where I was close to where my friends were going, but not at the same school because I really wanted to have that unique experience, which we could talk about the pros and cons of that in, you know, a minute. But I think, you know, actual school choice, it came down to really just a few things like kind of what you said. Am I ever really going to go back there again? How easy would it be for me to get back there? Right. Language barrier and just kind of, they just sold it really well. Yeah. There'd been a lot of other students who had been there who had absolutely loved it. And it just was, seemed like a cool place to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was too. And I think that once you get through, we're kind of at the point now where we've talked about the pro- the fears and the process we've decided and you're going and I think once I got through all of that, I, I did feel that getting to Australia, like I didn't live, there were some people from my college from St. Mike's going to the same school as me, but I didn't live in their dorm. I actually chose to live. I chose not to room with anyone from St. Mike's. And I felt when I got there that 
It was definitely be a little overwhelming, but I agree with what you said, Sarah. I felt, I remember when I was driving to the campus, I was like, I feel like I'm in Miami. Like, I feel like I'm in Florida. And it made me, going to Australia made me feel less scared. I definitely, the English helped. And that, you know, the fact that a lot of people and a lot of programs have schools in Australia. So I think that really helped. But I'll say though, the first like few weeks when I got there, I mean, I feel like in my experience, going through the, going through freshman year, like when you get there and you're in orientation, you don't know a single person and you're like, oh my God, going through that experience, just feeling so uncomfortable. And then going abroad where everyone's there just for a good time for six months and you're already that much more confident on top of being in an awesome place. I feel like I adapted to Australia faster than I adopted to Vermont. Like, I don't know about you, but I felt like I felt I loved Australia like that fast. And maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I had a little different experience. But to be fair, I didn't have to adapt to anything when I went to college. I went to college literally 10 minutes from my parents' house. Yeah, so there was no <laughs> there was no adapting process there for me. So I really took the leap when I went to Australia. For, for me, the first the first couple of days were actually really, really hard to the point where I like almost regretted going. Oh, wow. it, like I was all by myself. I didn't know a single person. It was all just so new. And it had been such a long flight there. It was just I, I got to my like housing where it was all international students. So just like a wide range of people, some who had been living there for a while, some who were new, but you didn't really know who was new. There wasn't really yeah. a good orientation, like when I actually got to my housing. And so I just felt like I was just kind of thrown in the deep end. And I didn't have like a roommate or anything. So yeah, that sounds the first couple of days were just like really hard. But then I just decided, I'm like, you know, what, I'm just going to just try and make some friends and figure this out. So I just started talking to people, which is not really me. And it definitely wasn't me then. I'm not usually like the one who's just going to start conversations all over the place. But I was like, I ha it's like, <laughs> you got to do it for survival at this point. Yeah. And so I started just talking to people and, and ended up, like you said, it worked out within a couple of days. I made like a group of friends who are now 10 years later, some of my best friends. So it's, it, it worked out. It was one of those situations where you look back and you're like, it's like, it was like a defining moment in, and how I handled my attitude around being there. Like I could have secluded myself and been sad and miserable for the whole time I was there or like put yourself out of your comfort zone and do what it takes to put yourself out there. Yeah, no. <laughs> and for, for me, that was a huge, huge thing for me because at the time I just wasn't, I wasn't that outgoing. And I think that was a lesson I needed to learn. <laughs> but that's all, no, but that's also good. And that's a good reason why you went abroad. Like you may, I mean, I just yeah. met one of your friends a few weeks ago that was still visiting you. So you could, it clearly worked because <laughs> you still have yeah. your friends, but yeah, I mean, we try to get together. We all live in like all my best friends. It's weird, but all my best friends from Australia actually live in the U.S. But I, do. Um, I live in all... Boston. <laughs> I live about, like around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we all we all live in different parts of the country, so it's yeah. harder to get together. But, but we make an effort, even though we only knew each other for five months, and now it's been ten years. I, so it, I, it's amazing. I think it's awesome because, I, like I've shared with you, I was a nervous wreck, such a nervous wreck when I first went to college, and like I said, like going through that the first time I did a lot better the second time. And I remember I walked to the other campus one of the first nights because some of the other St. Mike's people were, st like I said, they roomed together in a different dorm. And I was walking back to my dorm and I couldn't figure out how to use the keys. Like it was, you know, like the, the remember the keys? I don't know if Sarah, I think you had similar keys, but they were just yeah. weird and they were hard to use. And 
So I kind of got frustrated. I was sitting, (laughs) I just sat on the steps outside of the door, like on the stoop. And I remember I was just sitting there like, yeah, maybe someone will come up and then I'll if not, I'll take another chance. And my friend, my one of my best friends now op- saw me from the inside and she opened the door and was like, what are you doing? Like, why didn't you just knock? Like, <laughs> we're, we're all inside. And I'm like, oh, sorry. And she was like, kind of gave me like a weird look. And then she introduced me to the other girls on the floor that happened to be from Bentley, which was funny because I almost went to Bentley. And so I just, we always thought it was full circle that we were meant to be friends. And we also, one of the girls was from Denver and we, they were all on my floor and we all ended up staying, becoming best friends that night. It was like, I think it was literally the second or third night and I still see them today. And so I think there's something to be said about that experience. And I talked to so many of our friends and so many people that have gone abroad that are still best friends with their study abroad people because that experience that you go through traveling, figuring out different cultures and basically just figure like the first time you're really for a long period of time in a different country alone. I think you go through something that you just, it just bonds you. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like I say this all the time. Like some, my, I, I don't see my Australia girlfriends a lot, maybe once every couple of years for like a long weekend or a week somewhere. But I feel like every time we meet up, it's like we never left off and we stay in touch. And I feel, like you said, there's a certain bonding that you have with people that you go through these incredible life experiences with that you wouldn't get and you wouldn't. Like, I don't know what my <laughs> it sounds super cheesy, but I'm like, what would my life be like if I had never been to Australia? I literally talk about it still as a defining moment in my life. Yeah. Ten years later. <laughs> and also and, so. and also when I went and I'm, and this goes for anyone who takes their first trip, you know, to Europe or just out of the state or anything, you get this like kind of travel bug, meaning you just like, I don't know if I, I got this travel bug, just like seeing new things and going through the different, th- like traveling to Sydney, the, the reef, going to New Zealand, going to Fiji, going to different parts, seeing that side of the world. It really made me think that, okay, wow, I want to see more countries. I want to see more things and do things. And that's ever since I took that first trip. And I think that's the hardest one. Like I talked to my mom, my mom openly admits, she's like, I've only ever been to Canada. I want to go somewhere else, but I'm always like, let's go, let's do it. And she's like, no. And she just, it's that initial, I feel like it's that initial just taking that first trip. And so I feel like ever since then, regardless of age or regardless, regardless of when you go, I think it kind of sticks with you that you form kind of how you plan, maybe you plan some things in order to incorporate that into your life. I mean, I know I do. And I think it started there. Yeah. And I think it's totally normal to have this like anxiety around it. I know when I travel to other countries, even like when I was in Australia, even when we just went to Italy, like I always have this like lingering anxiety in the back of my mind of like, what if something goes wrong? I am so far from home. Nobody would be able to do anything. You know, if you let yourself dwell on it for too long, it becomes scary. And I think especially I know when I was in Australia, my dad would just ask me, like, try to stay in touch as much as you can, like email once a week or call or it was hard to call because it was so expensive. And it was before the days of Skype and all that stuff, FaceTime, but try to stay in touch as much as you can. I remember there was one week where like I'd sent an email and it didn't go through. And for some reason, I wasn't like getting his emails through my server or something. And he like freaked out. And I got a voicemail being like, if I don't hear from you in 24 hours, I'm going to alert like the authorities and all this (laughs) stuff. And I was like, 
whoa, 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 like calm down. I'm okay. But I think it's scary not only for you, but also for your family if, they, if they're not used to traveling themselves or they're not used to you being gone. I think it like freaked out. My, my, my dad handled it well the whole time I was gone, but I think there was always that lingering anxiety around around like traveling abroad and, and being, you know, almost like out of, yeah. out of your own control of your circumstances and Absolutely. not knowing what to do. Um, well, I, I have to share this story and I, it, it's, I still to this day, and I, Sarah, we should post some of the pictures from this just because it's ridiculous. But we mentioned that there was at my school, there was a big group of St. Mike's people who went there, but Sarah and some of our other friends who went to different schools, they all had spring break at the same time. And they came to visit us at our school on the Gold Coast. And what we decided to do was, because we had a huge group of Bentley girls, and then we were going to have a huge group of St. Mike's girls, we decided to do a Bentley versus St. Mike's case race in the middle of, of the quad at our school abroad. And we, we made shirts, and we dressed up, and we had rules, and pretty much... It went around the probably the entire study abroad population that this was going on. And <laughs> I will say it's one of my favorite memories. It's probably one of my favorite memories from abroad because it was almost like really two New England, two New England colleges are really doing this. Like, <laughs> like, competing, like competing in another country. <laughs> see who can drink the yeah. most beer the fastest. Uh, like a bunch of girls. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say and I will admit because we still talk about it to this day that St. Mike's lost. We did lose. And I'll admit that. However, however, after the case, this was at probably 730 at night, if I remember correctly. And after the case race, no one else from Bentley, they were done for the night. They were just done. The St. Mike's team, <laughs> we made it out until I think the sun came up. So the way that I justify that loss, just for all of uh, Kat and Celia, for you guys listening right now, is that you guys won the battle and St. Mike's won the war. So I think that's fair to say, right, Sarah? <laughs> like, I, think, I mean, I think so. It was a legitimate sporting event, I think. <laughs> we ended up winning for the night, but anyway. So I just had to share that story because it's just one of the memories, one of my favorite memories abroad. And, and just some of advice about traveling and if you're thinking about going abroad, just I highly recommend it. And I, like I said, I had a lot of anxiety about it. And someone that had graduated a year before me, I talked to her about it and she had never gone abroad and her friends did. And I asked her, I said, do you regret not going? And she says that she goes, I really do regret not going abroad. And she played a sport as well. And that kind of resonated with me and I trusted her. And so that's what I would say as well. Like I definitely would have regretted not going. And it is, there is a lot of anxiety and you know, you do have to think about a lot of things, especially when it comes to school and finances and things like that. But I hope that if you're on the fence about applying for anything like that, you do go. So that would kind of be my advice. So, Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is what happens when you come back yeah. and that feeling when you come back from raw, like you were saying, so many great experiences. Like I fell in love with the country. I fell in love with my friends there. The whole experience, the day I left was one of the hardest days. I think I was yeah. the first of my friends to leave. And it was funny because I was reflecting back on like my first day there and like to see the change that you can make and make a place your home in just a few months. It was incredible. And so for me, leaving was really hard. And but the one thing I will say is by the time I left, I was broke. Like I had 
no money. I had no money left. I <laughs> maxed out my one credit card at the time. I like remember flying back into LAX and I called my dad from a payphone because this was again 10 years ago. <laughs> I didn't have like an active cell phone when I got back into the country with my last like $3 to my name to let him know that I was going to be home like I had gotten back into the country okay oh and I was going to be home and and I remember like walking around and this is in like November in Vermont right and so I it, the seasons are opposite in Australia yeah. so it was like summer it was summertime there when we left and so I remember being November and I was so tan yeah. <laughs> and like like walking around Vermont like northern Vermont so awkwardly tan and like so sad that I wasn't in Australia enjoying the summertime like surfing on the beach like living on the ocean going to you know going to class all that stuff but just living like some of the best years not years like months of your life and just it was so that was the harder part of coming back but I think one of the better parts was like taking this experience with me through my life you know through my life and anytime I've had to make a big move and I've I've had to move twice since then once from Vermont to Boston once from Boston to Austin Texas and both times I was like like I kind of put myself back in those moments when I had first gotten to Australia where I was like anxious and nervous and didn't think I was going to ever like enjoy what I was being where I was and taking that mindset and using it to be better about where I'm at. And, and, and then, and also in traveling for work now, I feel like I have no anxiety about traveling anymore when it comes to work and stuff like that, because over time it just becomes easier and it, you adjust to it. Yeah, and I feel like also one of the things that I got that I that I took away from abroad was I remember when I was abroad, I was so relaxed. It was the first time I really felt, I, I know that's crazy. To, like, I mean, it's obviously not that crazy because it's Australia, but like I said, it was pass fail. It was like, I wasn't playing a sport for the first time ever. I felt really relaxed. Like I was just away from it all. And I remember it didn't make me come back feeling lazy. It made me feel like really motivated. Like I had set up, it made me want to just like, I did so much think so many times I was, I would do, you know, walk around and be on the beach and just be thinking about all the things I wanted to do and accomplish. And I think it, abroad was really when I set my goals for the second half of college and the end. And I find that I still, and when, when I travel, whether it's a, a weekend trip or it's overseas or taking a vacation, I find that I, I always find myself thinking about the next things I need to do, the next things I need to tackle, like the next goals. And I feel like I always leave now, like any type of trip like that really motivated and energized. And I think that started abroad. So I'm always thankful that I, that I got that from, from that trip. Yeah, no, I think it's stuff, it's experiences where you're totally pushed out of your comfort zone that I feel like you grow from the most as corny and cliche as that sounds. But I think in this case, it's, it's totally true. You have to kind of push outside of your, especially if you're young and like you and I were, like if you're like 19 and it's the first time you've ever been presented with a chance to do something like totally crazy. I know that nobody in my family wanted me to do it. Everyone thought I was crazy. But I mean, obviously our college friends were like, whatever, it's, it's, this is what everyone does, but you just have to do what feels right for you and what's going to push you to, to kind of be better. And so I think that you can take that not just in traveling, but in any aspect of your young career, just when you have opportunities to kind of do something crazy and different, then, then go for it. 
so no, I think this was good. So Sarah and I talked a lot about the study abroad episode. And what we realized was that there's so many different things you get from traveling at different points in your life that we want to do almost like a travel series. So there's going to be probably a couple more episodes just on maybe international travel or traveling for service projects with work and things like that. We may reach out to people to do more follow-up panels on different topics. So just uh, keep in mind that we will be doing that. And like always, we like to end these these episodes with just a little segment. And I think uh, Sarah and I have both been in the mood to rant a little bit. <laughs> and Sarah, I don't know if you want to go on a quick reckless rant here, but I know I have one if... No, why don't you go well, first? Maybe... Why don't you go first? Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll go first. No problem. So a couple things. So I'm really frustrated about people giving me a hard time about wearing LL Bean lately. And it's really bugging me and it's it's gotten to a point where I need to say something about it. So I'm just going to give a little backstory on why I wear LL Bean. Okay, I'm from Maine. <laughs> I'm from Maine. I grew up 30 minutes from the LL Bean headquarters. My grandfather lived 15 minutes from the LL Bean headquarters. So every single thing we ever got as a child was something to do with LL Bean. Usually it was a slipper, slippers, or it was a shirt with a loon on it or a duck on it or whatever comes from L.L. Bean. And, but my brother, sister, and I, we always associate L.L. Bean with my grandfather. And so we obviously always continued to wear it because we, that's the only boots we know that we just, we've always just worn it because we're used to it. And it always made us laugh when we saw other people wearing it because it reminded us of him. So then like fast forward a few years ago when I moved back to Boston, my brother was actually living with me and we'd wa- we'd be around Boston and we'd see people wearing LL Bean like it was trendy. Like we were, we, I remember saying to him like, wait, why is that guy wearing like an LL Bean like collared shirt? Like the people, and he's like, I don't know. Like we realized that a lot of people were wearing LL Bean and that it was, wow, when did that become a thing? And so now I still wear the same LL Bean that I do wear, but everyone gives me a hard time and is like, oh, this is like, you're just trying to be trendy. Or then some people will be like, that's so Maine. I'm like, okay, I can't win. Is it trendy or is it because I'm from Maine? I don't understand. <laughs> like, so I'm just really at a loss because like, I don't understand. Is LL Bean trendy or is it Maine? Like what? So to, I don't understand. Like, how do I take this? Um, and also I feel like, I feel like it's the fall and it is fall for anyone who's saying it's not to me. It is fall. Like it's vest season and also it is officially officially now now. and it's vest season and it's LL Bean season. They have the best like sweatshirts and fleeces and stuff for, for fall. So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss for, um, why everyone's giving me a hard time right now. But anyway, so that's my rant. So the net of the, the net net of this rant is just stop making fun of me about L.L. Bean because I don't get it. <laughs> so anyway, that's awesome. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, that, that, that just reminds me. I forgot that that was going to be your reckless rant, but it reminds me of like all the things that I get picked on for like being from Vermont that are just not that weird. Okay. Like I like trucks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's weird. I like flannel. I like wearing flannel. I like pumpkin spice lattes. Okay, sue me. I'm maybe I'm basic. I was gonna say I feel like is I feel like are you defending being from Vermont or are you defending being basic? Because I feel like could make the argument for both. (laughs) 
Um, I don't know. It's like a com- It's like a combo. It's like a combo rant about well, <laughs> the things that I love. If I you'd like to add, if I can add to your rant, I can't stand when people from Vermont call soft serve ice cream creamies. I oh I don't like that. okay. Well, well, now <laughs> yeah. you're just causing yeah. trouble. So I have some issues. Now you're just. Causing- I can go through some issues I have with uh, people's speech from Vermont, but no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. To we won't. Yeah. We won't get into speech. Yeah. But but yeah, we won't. We can we can debate creamy because I do I do strongly support the use of the word creamy and I hate the fact that nobody in Massachusetts knows what that means when I talk about maple creamies from Vermont. So I can rant about that all day, yeah. but we won't we don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time. <laughs> so, so I guess I guess I'm just ranting about all the the lovely things that Vermont brings to the table that people don't appreciate. In you're just you're basically standing up for Vermont. Like is the is That's the point right. of your rant? Right. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. Okay. All right. Well, please <laughs> let, let us know if you think L.L. Bean – I would love to know if you think L.L. Bean is trendy or Maine or just Maine. So please um, let me know because I, I would like some answers. But uh, for the most part, thank you guys. Um, that's all we have. But thank you guys so much for listening. And please follow us and reach out we, if you guys want to be on or have anything you'd like to discuss. And Sarah, I don't know if you – yeah, just uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Entry Level Podcast. Give us a nice little rating. Yeah, and thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.